Welcome back to the Grim and Perilous podcast. I'm Adam Rose. I'm here with the gang, the Colts, the people who made Zweihander and Mangosh awesome, as uh, Daniel likes to introduce the other episodes. Here tonight, we are playing Radiator. It's a play session, and uh, those of you who are tuning in, listening in, thank you for supporting us on the Patreon. So, who wants to go over what happened last time? I can do it. Go for it. Uh, so last session, we uh, continued our escapades in the hospital. That went swimmingly. We overcame fear of the darkness and managed to... We, we picked up right as we collected the medical supplies, uh, except for we also found we were not alone. We barricaded the door. Well, closed it, really, and then kind of just braced ourselves against it, uh, kind of figuring out what to do to buy us a little bit of time. Uh then Zed and Merle. Merle. No. Bernardo. Bernardo. Zed and Bernardo uh, <laughs> found a, a way to get out through the ceiling and just kind of followed that path along. Uh, Stop right there. Someone else pick it up. Jason does it every single time. That's because he's got a good memory. Yep. Yeah, I don't. So. Me and uh, Frank here decided that we're going to barricade and trap this door. Mm-hmm. So he starts, he spot welds the door shut and then starts heating the door. I set up around the door these uh, basically equivalent to a shock trap. So that way if they do come through that door, they would potentially take damage doing so. And or be repelled by the sudden uh, being struck by damage. So we did our job of holding the we, we held the door. Oh, we hold the door. While the others decided to scout ahead. Then we kind of did split up a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. To where Michael's character decided to kind of crawl through the headspace, finding a way, possibly out, but to unknown locations. And so uh, the door ended up holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all ended up evacuating out through the ceiling, dropping down into this bloody, bloody room uh, where it looked like almost like an insane asylum where the walls were padded, but uh, it must have been occupied by a guy named Kyle because there were holes in the walls everywhere. Well, no, there there was some padding, but some had also been removed over time. Yeah. Yeah. So there was bare wall exposed, and that's... Where a lot of the blood was, yeah. Yeah. But yes, there was hole in sheetrock. Yes. Uh-huh. And so, uh, I believe it was Koenig who first scouted the hall, if we want to call it scouting the hall. Uh, but it was, uh, the real MVP of all this uh, was actually uh, Jen's character, Alexia, mm-hmm. who had the brilliant idea of using a hologram to distract you know, they, uh, these, this group of, we don't know what was actually out there, but we knew there was a lot of them. So that basically ran around in a circle, keeping them all busy while we were able to, uh, yeah, I don't think we had any kind of combat at all. We so were just able to stealthily sneak out. So you're saying Shadowmancy Tricks is something good to use against my creatures of the mindless trait. 
Yeah. yeah. Tricks are not for just kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're also no longer fruit shapes, but that's a whole conspiracy theory on its own. It's because we're adults now. We don't see kids. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, Ed Cannon accepted. <laughs> Face it, when you were younger, they were fruit shaped. Now they're just spheres. Uh, well, there's a slight age difference between us. When I was younger, they were spheres, and then they turned into fruit as I got a little bit older. Just enough to be a real kid. Yeah, just enough to be a real kid. See, yeah. when he said that all I could hear was, I didn't really get the reference, because when I was a kid, the Cookie Crisp was a dog, not a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed so I could be in the group. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. that was basically it. We were able to, through slow, careful consideration... Not die. Mm-hmm. Some lucky uh, chaos rolls on my part for you guys. Yeah. Lots of close calls where it, it showed six and then just happened to roll one more. Sure, yeah. <laughs> for them to notice you. Yeah, because I was really surprised that door didn't break down. Me too. I was really expecting that. Uh, but, yeah, so we were able to get out. We When we got out of the hospital, realized that it was dark. And so we decided to not run through the city blind in the dark. Cowards. Instead, find a... Uh, I'm pretty sure you're scared of the dark. So you <laughs> temporary up. shelter. Yeah, find a temporary shelter. Uh, bed down for the night. Dark. Took some shifts. And uh, we're going to make our way back to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Back to base. I'm not right. scared of the dark. I'm just worried for Frank. You all made it through the evening. You wake, you wake up here in this abandoned house. Uh, building more or less. You're in an industrial district at the moment. Uh, you're passing through. You, you got out of uh, where the hospital was, and then uh, found an area that would be less likely to be inhabited by people. As I'm doing air quotes, um, but because of what's in this city is largely people who are not really considered people anymore. When you wake up, uh, you can see your breath. Breath. As it's getting, you can see your breath. Thank you. As it's getting colder uh, and colder at night. Uh, now, as it's moving into later fall, you all wake up, pack up your uh, your your bedding or what not you may have with you. Um, is there anything else you wish to do before you set out? Um, since we arrived in the dark, I would like to kind of search the building more into once. And you said it's a smallish house. It's secure. We got a couple hours while everybody's packing up, or at least an hour while everybody's packing stuff up. Sure. Take a moment to kind of peek around, see if we can scrounge anything useful. Yeah, so the building that you came in, mm-hmm. um, it had a, do- a door that was sort of rectangular in shape, like it may have at one point been um, a door, not, not rectangular as in like an ordinary door, not, not tall-wise, but length-wise. Oh. It was a rectangular and when you had initially walked in and you, you were sh- shining around with your flashlights, you you saw a whole bunch of rubble, and there's basically just a walkway through until you got to the remnants of the staircase. Um, you went up into that area that the staircase led to, and there was a desk in there that was overturned. You take a look in, in those... Uh, uh, cabinets, and while there's nothing, uh, the desk, while there's nothing in there, you actually find a couple of uh, loose bolts as uh, as you find 
Five bolts. Oh, snap. Roll a d6 chaos die for me. Four. Okay. Yeah, you find uh, five bolts in there. And this place looks as if it may have held something at one point. Like, you you take a look at uh, some of the walls and paints chipped off of some areas more than the others and you can almost make an outline of what used to be maybe some more cabinets or chairs or maybe even a couch or something but this there's nothing in here besides this desk um, you turn around and look into the main building as you can see it because the wall is missing from what used to be maybe an upstairs office uh, and you look up as daylight is shining in, there is no roof on this building. Um, this building was pretty much a, a block that was open up to the sky, and it just had four walls. Um, you look out onto the main floor that extends for quite some time, and you imagine that if you wanted to spend the better portion of the day digging through this rubble, you might find out what's under the rubble. But anything that has a path to it um, like you see, you see another cabinet down below, or um, you see some some empty uh, containers uh, that look to be like they may have been cardboard at one point, but might have uh, hardened over and uh, worn down over time. They they do appear at first glance to have been picked over. Okay. Uh, I'm going to toss a bolt to uh, Killian. A bolt. Like, uh, like one you one you screw money. into into a desk to help keep it together. I'm gonna toss one of the bolts I found to him mm-hmm. and look at him and go. Thing. Well, since you won't let me patch up, you might as well pay Phil a goodie to patch up when we get back. But, yes, that is the oh, point of us money. going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he still might charge you for it, so maybe that'll uh, help. They always say first one is free. We shall see. I've seen you fight. You're gonna need a second. Yeah, I will. But uh, we should head out while the sun is in the sky. So you don't want to commit the day to searching over this uh, building? No. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can get back. Uh, we're going to see if we can get back to the, uh, the gas station where uh, Garth and all the others are, are held up at. Um, in order to do that... It's everybody's favorite time of the game. We're going to have to do a wilderness exploration. Yay. See if we get see if we get back. So we are going to need someone to make sure that they know which roads to take to uh, to tell us whether or not to turn left or right at intersections. Navigation, right? Yep, I'll take that one. Okay. We're going to need uh, someone to make sure that uh, all of the gear gets back safely. Should you need to stop and eat, which you you will probably end up stopping and eating during your journey, journey or at least eating along the way, taking care of the foodstuffs, etc. Survival. Who's got that? Okay, Alexia. And then uh, the last thing that you'll need is you'll need somebody to scout ahead, scout behind, make sure that's not that nothing's coming up on you. Be stealth awareness. It'd be stealth. I got that. Okay, so. Uh, this terrain is going to be uh, standard. 
standard navigation. I got a 50 chance. Uh, nine, success. Okay, so success. The survivalist conservation skills lead to a more comfortable campsite when the time is right to... Oh, that's survivalist. Navigation. You're successful at navigating the way. Um, and you move along this particular stretch, which is only a one-stretch journey, uh, without getting lost. Uh, so when it comes time to eat, you only need one day's worth of provisions for each day that they travel. The next up will uh, will be the survivalist. 52. This one's a standard test. 26. Okay. Success. All right. Okay, so uh, should you ever need to stop and rest for any reason, like uh, need to rest up, um, you will find that you'll be able to rest up to unhindered instead of imperiled as uh koenig is uh pointing the direction he's like no uh i remember it's right this way left this way because uh he names off a mnemonic that he remembered um in order to uh, uh determine how many rights and left there were boogity, 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 as, uh, Actually, it's because i can count to six on one hand choose i can count sets of 12 so it's far more efficient <laughs> The uh, uh, the survivalist is uh, making sure that uh, the food is kept in a nice, dry, cool place, um, making sure that people don't dawdle, get too distracted by uh, anything that uh, comes up and um, tells them to avoid any poisonous plants that may come up along the way. The last one is a scout, and this one is going to be a standard stealth test. All right, so I have a... 56% chance. That's an 86, but because I have situational awareness, I'm going to reroll it. And that's a 16. Okay. Alright, so that's a success too. About part way through the, uh, the journey, uh, Zed comes back and he warns people, hey, there's, uh, uh, there's some noise on up ahead. We may want to um, catch her lunch here for for a while and see if the noise moves on. You stop and you eat your daily meal. Okay, so you stop to uh, eat your meal. So go ahead and mark off any any rations you may have or water you may have. And for those who, uh, since we're introducing radiation rules uh, a little, little bit more as time goes along, for those who have clean water, you don't need to make a test. It's perfectly clean for those who have uh, regular water that they may have bottled up from a stream or something like that. You'll need to make a standard toughness test. And for those who have uh, dirty water, you will need to make a uh, um, challenging toughness test to see if you withstand the uh, radiation that's within the water. Here we go. So for my thing, so mm-hmm. challenging, what I don't want to resist it. You want to resist it the first time, absolutely. You want to resist it every time, honestly, but... But to heal. Yeah. So if I resist it, I heal. Yeah, if you successfully resist, you heal one step once every 24 hours. Okay. It's like the elven trait for sleeping, but this is uh, uh, for passing a test. Four, resist. Yeah. So it's a a standard toughness test. Um, Okay. You know, read the rules once. Yeah. I failed. Okay, so uh, bear in mind for that. It's a standard, you said. Yeah. Or no, for uh, 
Dirty, dirty waters. waters. It's challenging. Challenging. Negative 10. Three or thirteen pass. Anybody who pass who didn't need to make a test, don't worry about it. Those who passed, raise your hand. Passed. Okay, you guys are fine. And uh, Bernardo, because you have the ancestral trait of radioactive healing, I think it's called. Um, first time you pass a t uh, test to resist radi a toughness test to resist radiation um, within twenty four hours, you go one step up the damage condition track. Yeah, I'm harmed now. Um, for for those, anybody fail? I failed. Okay. I failed. Um, what type of water were you drinking, Koenig? Dirty water. You were... Dirty water. Okay. So you will, you will suffer 2d10 plus 2. So that's 13 radiated peril. Yikes. Right there. Just gotcha. Yep, got me by one. Okay, then uh, you'll also suffer six rats. What was the thing about the survival and going to unhindered though you were talking about? If you need, if you stop during this uh, trip because you need to rest for any reason, when you do rest, you'll go up to unhindered instead of imperiled. When you say rest, you mean sleep or rest because we're sitting and eating. Uh, stop the journey. So, sleep. sleep. So, yeah. Alright. Now, to drink water how often? Once a day? Once a day. So I'm going to make this check once a day. Yeah, pretty That's, much. If you, if you drink some dirty water, yeah. 27. That's what I have to nail every day. 27 or lower. Right, and that's if you're drinking the worst water available. So theoretically, we could share our water. Yes. You can share the water, and then, like, if you even, if you come across just ordinary water that's out there, like in a lake or something that's not been gathered from someplace, you know, that has some radiation in it, just the standard radiation that's left from the bombs exploding, then you'd be making a standard test as opposed to a challenging test. Um, yeah, it's it's a way to introduce radiation into the system more because, uh, you know, like corruption, you you would be coming against corruption more often in in the system. So we're testing out how this works. So is drinking water something that's always been there? Or you just added it for this. I just added it because we're developing. How to do? Yeah. How to fine. how I to handle radiation? It, so I yeah. Was After you stop to eat, uh, now comes the time where we need to test and see if there's any sort of an encounter. So uh, you were going along a moderately dangerous uh, road, as this is a section of the city that isn't as po uh, populated by the Feral Revenants. Normally. We'd be rolling a we'd be rolling two d six for the amount of danger that's out here, but because your scout had told you to stop and uh, take lunch, then there's a little bit less of a chance going on. So we got one d six, and that's a three. So he was right to stop when you when you continue your journey. Uh, the there is no more sound, anything like that. You uh, 
are walking down these uh, abandoned streets where you see a bunch of dilapidated houses. A lot of the trees don't have any leaves on them as uh, most of the leaves have fallen off uh, from the fall. Uh, it's warmed up a little bit. Uh, you no longer see your breath. And um, it's been it's a couple hours past the sun's zenith when you do arrive at the filling station. When you arrive at the filling station, you see a Roanoke Street Sprinter out in front of it, but this one doesn't have a cow pulling it by the front. This one has um, a hood on it. And uh, uh, you see that this one actually has glass in the, in the, back, of, in the back windshield. And uh, you walk up to the, to the, the gas station, you put noodles away in, the, in what would serve as a stable, um, which would, you know, to us would look like a car wash. And uh, as you approach the door to the, to the gas station, um, the door swings open and you see uh, a woman step outside and she almost bumps into whoever's first, we'll just say it's Franklin. And uh, she almost bumps into you, and she uh, looks surprised, and she's covered in what kind of looks like a hooded poncho, and, and it's uh, got some netting in between uh, some seat belts that were taken and sewn into the netting, and they're just using it, and the seat belts are like clipped in front of her, and uh, she looks at uh, you surprised. She's got something over her face, like it's keeping out the dust, and she steps to the side, and um, just continues on and stands near this uh, street sprinter that looks a lot like the ones you have. My apologies. And uh, she looks back at you and she nods, um, and she just continues to go on her way and stand by the uh, the, the vehicle. So the lot of you head inside. As soon as you actually make it, make it inside the the building, you hear you hear this voice say, "Why we're still discussing something that's already been decided?" And he slams on the table. You hear this from inside Garth's office, and you hear some mumbling going on in there from what would sound like Garth's voice. And uh, when you when you walk in, there's there's three people there that you haven't met before. There's three men. One of them uh, has uh, a military rifle on him, and he, he gets a little nervous, and he puts his right arm behind his back as if he's going for it, but he doesn't want to draw it on you because there's six of you, and you look like you might be able to hand, handle yourselves. Um, another another uh, person has uh, got a pipe rifle slung over his back, and then another one looks like he's got a whole bunch of backpacks and stuff on him and uh, like all sorts of like pots and pans dangling from his backpacks. And he uh, he's holding on to like a butcher's cleaver that's hanging from his his packs. And he, they all three look nervous um, as as the six of you walk in. One of the one with the uh, the uh, military rifle steps forward. He's about about six feet tall. He's skinny. He's got uh, uh, black hair and 
uh, his hair is all the same length as his beard. And he uh, says to her, he's like, uh, hey, how's it going? Hello. Who are you? We are new here. We do not know everyone. Hello, Garth. And uh, you, you, the door to Garth's office is closed. It's just that the person inside was yelling loud enough that you could make out what he was saying. Hello, Garth. We are back. And uh, when you say, hello, Garth, we are back, the, the door uh, swings open and slams into the door. And um, you see a guy bend down and underneath the door and stand up. And you actually see another GMO as uh, this one is like extremely muscle bound and he steps forward and the ground starts to shake a little bit as he goes huh another one eh I like flex up a little bit I walk up yeah I am over and I offer out my hand my goal is to like tickle his wrist with my sixth finger as I as I like shake his hand to make him awkward because that fucks me up every time uh, <laughs> And I'm like, how's it going? He, he extends his hand out and he says, it's all right. And he kind of notices what you're doing with your sixth finger. And he's like, oh, hey, bud, we're not, we don't know each other that well. Oh, sorry, it's got a mind of its own. Yeah. Uh, what, who are you? We have met everybody here. We're kind of new. Hmm. Name's Manny. Man, is, is there another person in there with him, or does that look like only Manny and Garth in there? Uh, you you look behind him, and you actually see uh, you see another person in there, and this other person looks to be wearing like a hazmat suit um, that they've that they've uh, added some some plating to that uh, like plastic plating. Uh, Gar se- appears to be still talking with that person. Hmm. Well, what brings you here, Manny? Oh, just uh, bringing the Nunez over and dropping off a delivery. What's that? Your Roanoke Street Sprinter out there? Yeah. It's, it's pretty. Well, thank you. Uh, it didn't always used to be that way. Where'd you get the parts for it? Uh, here and there, you know. <clears throat> got got in a lot of trouble in order to do that. Oh, we got a frame for ours and good wheels. Suspension's nice, but no engine. He kind of, and when you say that, he looks outside and he goes, you know, I used to have to do that too. Hook up uh, noodles to it, have him pull it. No, sorry, noodles is the name of our, our cow. Oh, <laughs> all right, well. Um, I didn't name him. Yeah, I did. Bernardo. Bernardo. This is Bernardo. Uh, he he <laughs> kind of starts to look like he's confused, oh. and he goes, he just looks at you and he says, "I have to go now," and he walks past you and he starts walking <laughs> out of the door. That's an odd duck. <laughs> I like him. I flex more. About <laughs> <him>. <laughs> Noodles the cow. Is it like the scene? Well, from or is, it's a Brahmin. It's a Brahmin. It's a. We need a Brahmin noodle. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Brahmin noodles. <laughs> um, the he says, uh, "Oh, uh, nice to meet you." What was your name? Kernick. Uh, and as he's leaning from the door, almost as if he forgot his manners, is it? Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, 
I, I got to run. I got a lot more deliveries to make in different different city states. Well, how, how far is the next city from here? We came through and I described the route where you came in. He says, you know, funny, I haven't been in that far out west. I mainly stick to the four. Uh, Thanatos, come on. And uh, you see the, the person that was in talk, talking with Garth, because you hadn't heard him say a word, get up and um, walk outside it, and uh, you hear this breathing. And it, uh, like the mask looks at all of you and nods the, its head up and down and continues to walk out. Nobody paid attention to me until I put on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Would uh, my character recognize him? Um, actually, you recognize the symbol on him, and then after a while, make a make a easy folklore test. Okay. Because the cult mm. has grown quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, that's a seventy-two. That's a failure. You want to use a fortune boy to reroll it? Yeah. It's okay. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you <laughs> see the symbol. You see the symbol on his armor, and if he's wearing that type of armor, mm-hmm. um, he's obviously important. And you see some filigree around that symbol that that he's he's higher up there in rank. Filigree, filigree, fancy stuff. Yeah, fancy stuff. Fancy pants. So yeah. there were three people in there, right? All nervous, military rifle person, skinny black hair. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Uh, that's He's got the, the pots and pans. Uh, that person didn't say anything yet. Oh, okay. So yeah. hazmat suits one person, the other GMO is another person. Right, so that's a group of three people that don't seem to have to do with anything anything really to do with the people that were in the office. Yeah, those two that we're talking about. I'm were in so the confused now. There were, there were three, three guys in the main area when we were Okay, because yeah. I thought you were describing people in Garth's office, but we hadn't opened the door yet, so then I was really confused about yeah, what the hell so, was going on. So, no, and, and, so there's just random people. Right, so no, it's a good, different people. It's a good question, and, and I won't. Yeah, so to, to kind of reset the scene, you walked into the main part of the of the gas station where everybody everybody kind of congregates. Okay. And Garth's office door was closed. Okay, I didn't, I gotcha. didn't explain that. And but you you were able to hear Manny as you discovered now yell, "Why are we still discussing something that's already been decided?" Um, really loud and slams fist on the table, and then you heard muff, muffled okay. noises through the wall after that. Uh, Manny came out of the office, had that discussion with Koenig, and he called back for a man he called, or woman, yeah, a a thing he called Thanatos, and uh, uh, Thanatos came, nodded to everyone, and walked out. So that was all people that were in Garth's office. So two people in the office, three in the lobby. Yeah. So to speak. Okay. We'll go ahead and resume. I'm on the right page. So Manny is... uh, uh, sitting there in the door as if he had forgotten his manners. And uh, uh, Thanatos comes walking through, breathing, nods at you, and he leaves. And Manny uh, says, Catch you around sometime. And uh, what a swell guy said. He just spoke up. Manny, what you doing, eh? Huh? But. I had to go. (laughs) Again, he looks confused uh, more than anything else. And he he looks at you and goes, oh, oh, he said. 
Yeah, real, real nice what she did uh, last time we saw each other. Well, I can't help it if you deserved it. <laughs> oh, no, I said it was real nice. You could have just scrapped me. So. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that was like, what, a year ago? Oh, yeah, probably. I don't know. They, they, they keep going by. They get faster and faster as uh, time goes on, so... I don't know if it works that way for you. Uh, I keep track of the days when I'm on. Huh. So I bet you it's a lot less time for you. Oh, yeah. Than for me. No. I remember you, and I remember them. All right. Well, I have to go now. (laughs) 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 And... You hear the bell, ding, 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 as he uh, walks out the out the door. You see him walk towards the car. He extends his hand out towards the the, the woman that is wearing seatbelts, basically, and um, he shakes her hand, and um, she whistles. Then you see a dog jump out of the the vehicle, and you hear. The engine start up as Manny gets inside the back seat because he had to remove the front seat in order to drive it. And uh, the, the engines fire up and rumble. And uh, you, uh, you hear the car take off as uh, this woman is heading back inside. She'll be in in a moment. So the, uh, the person that had his hand on the rifle and said, hey, oh, um, he says, so uh, you all... You here to help Garth, too? Yes. Yep. You're not with them? I thought it was like a, like a bodyguard. Uh, who are you pointing to? I'm pointing at the now driving away vehicle. Oh, no, no. Uh, like, we're cool and all, but uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're here to help Garth. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. Turn it in and see. I'm going to go outside and grab the medical supplies off the, off the car. Bring them in to feel good. Um, you go outside. You start to grab them. Uh, you know, on the way in, you see the woman open the door, and um, she lets you out. She goes back in. She's got a, she's got a dog. Dog? Question mark with her. It's kind of hard to tell what, <laughs> what sort of breed it is. It's... Um, you know, most of these dogs have just kind of mixed together and, um, you know, and expect any dog to have papers in day and age well after the final countdown is, uh, pretty rare. So she comes inside and looks at the six of you and she says, hello. Hello. Hi. I am Brother Killian. You can call me Brother Franklin if you like. What is your name? Oh my is it okay if I just call you brother? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, and she goes, my name's Yua. Nice to meet you, Yua. Um, she shakes her hand and uh, she says, yeah, I'm the leader of this crew. It's like, I can't believe we're here. This is so cool. As she looks around, uh, like at the gas station that you're in. Is she a human? What does she, she look like? It's hard to tell for sure, but I mean, y- you would assume human by looking 
looking at her, but she's pretty covered. Yeah, she doesn't have that like super gravelly voice that most like revenants do. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Um, she says, uh, "Excuse me," and uh, she walks over to her crew and and she's like, uh, "AJ, how are we doing on uh, dinner? Is that going to be ready in time?" And uh, the guy with all the bags and butcher's cleavers goes. Well, uh, I haven't even really been able to set up, you know, like, uh, I gotta know, I gotta know a place to set up. And, uh, she says, well, anywhere now I talked, I talked it over with Garth and he said we could go out back and he says, okay, well, I'll get started there. And when I'm done, I'm done and you'll get it when you're ready. Okay. And she says, oh, fine. That's a weird dude. Seems I'd make this. Hope he makes good food. All right, so we can take him. It seems like he comes with a lot of baggage. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. You know, making puns in (laughs) here. All right, so uh, what would you like to do from here? Let's get those medical supplies turned in. Yeah, and then let's get patched up. Yeah. All right, so I take it you're going to go to uh, Dr. Uli. Mm-hmm. Dr. Uli Feleguten. Yes. <sighs> I would like to let them go over there and wait my turn to talk with Garth. Okay. The light in the freezer section, that, the freezer section that was completely cleared out and has a bench on it as a table, um, is on. And Dr. Uli looks a little bit red-eyed as... You walk in and he goes, oh, I see you have returned. Yeah, um, we, we got your stuff. And I, like, drop it on the table for him. And, uh, I lost your door. Um, got hung up in a, in a building and we had to crawl out. And I took a bunch of drugs and I forgot about it. And <laughs> then we were, like, a half mile away. And somebody was like, I think it was Frank, it was like, what about your door? And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no worries. Uh, uh, check this out. As he uh, as he takes a piece of wood that's like on lo- what looks like used to hold a door on a on a frame. He takes a piece of wood and he just bends it down and it shuts the light off. And he takes it and he bends it up. Oh, it's clever. It's good. Uh, well, George, he does wonderful things. Um, he does so much for so little. You probably call him MacGyver. George MacGyver. I I prefer to call him a master's son. I think I'll just call him George. But we got your stuff. Ah, good. It looks as if you you all are in need of some of it. Yes, we were. I'm uh, okay, I'm okay. Actually, wonder if you what it would take to patch us up. Have a nice dirty water cocktail. Well, um, first off, maybe. You are in need of some sort of uh, reward for deeds good done? That'd be nice. Uh, well, let me see the bag. I lay it out on the table. Hmm, interesting bag as he uh, looks over. It was the net. Uh, well, actually, there's two bags. Oh, there were? Okay. Yeah. Um, one w- was a net that had the supplies, uh-huh. air quote, in it. One was a uh, cadaver bag. That had a lot of the tools that are used on a, oh, on the, yeah. a table. Okay. And he 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 looks everything over and he says, uh, "Yes, 
this this will do this will do i could do just about everything that you should need set broken bones everything i just don't don't think i could do surgery yet but uh if we ever get the if we ever get the um the the city hall back um i do have uh, what is necessary there um so Hopefully you won't need surgery anytime soon. Um, I could still attempt, but uh, I wouldn't be too confident in it. Um, so let me see. Uh, I shall look and see about uh, what rewards I can offer. As, uh, he bends over and uh, he starts digging around through his uh, belongings. Hang on. Okay. So that should just about do it for all of you. Uh, no? I think that is uh, fitting. You threw down four. Oh my golly. Oh golly gee. Nine, nine washers. In there nine washers. Yep. Nine washers. Holy bananas! Big old washers. Be more than enough to get some of that armor we needed repaired. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if you asked me if it was enough, I would say it was nine. That <laughs> <laughs> joke was no, bad, Alexia. I'm like peek around the corner. Alexia, catch. Huh. Woo! Set. I did it. Coming at you. Bernardo! <laughs> Killian? Oh, that's stuck. Uh -oh. It's stuck in your dice tower. Well, that's right. Right. Yeah, I'll take one. That's. We got three left. We should use the three as party stash. Yeah, party stash. Party stash. Yes. Use it okay. for what people need. So he. Yeah, he lays down the. The nine on the on the uh, bench. He says, uh, "That should do it, yeah." Uh, the, that's uh, very agreeable. Thank you, Doc. And that should just about cover it for our first adventure of Radiator RPG. Twenty-eight years later, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and giving it a listen. And if you like what you heard, you can check out the rest of our campaign over on our Patreon. Um, we'd love to have you. We're on episode uh, thirty-three now. Um, as of the time of this recording, and we've even moved on to video as we got a meeting aisle for our second table. You can also find development sessions as we're working on mechanics and professions and everything else that you'll find in the uh, chat book. Lastly, you'll even find some of the ancestries and professions that uh, we lick out over there, depending on the pledge level that you pledge at. You can find the link below in the description, and uh, we would love to have you. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I uh, don't know exactly what's going to be next for the podcast, but we will find something for you as uh, we're continuing to try and adapt to these uh, uh, times of COVID. I just want everyone to stay safe and um, happy gaming. Take care.